0: The forty-fifth edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. Black holding high goes to Darty. Darty and the double team gives it back to Black with twenty seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good. Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. Technical for foul. Out of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline. Hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May it's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them tar heels? They are the national champion. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti. It's going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh, back with you guys tonight. I'm riding solo recapping Carolina's 94-87 to win over the Brown Bears in the Dean E. Smith Center tonight. In Chapel Hill in a game that was uh, all way too close for comfort, Carolina found themselves trailing by halftime. Found themselves in a dogfight at the under four timeout left in the second half. Some big time buckets by R.J. Davis allows Carolina to sneak out a seven point win and improve to seven or two and zero on the young basketball season. We're going to I'm going to give you my takeaways. Talk about the game in depth, but before we do that, let's take a look at the box score tonight. Carolina outshot Brown just by 1%. Carolina 52% from the field. Brown was 51%. Carolina did it on 32 of 62 shooting. Brown 37 of 73. Carolina 43% from behind the three-point line on 9 of 21 attempts. Brown was 37% on 7 of 19 a point of or a big disparity tonight. Carolina, 21 of 28 from the foul line, that was good enough for 75%. Brown, just six of nine, for 67%. Both teams protected the ball very well. Five turnovers for Brown, seven for Carolina. Carolina had five points off of those turnovers. Brown had eight points off of Carolina miscues. Carolina out-rebounded Brown tonight, 39 to 30, including 26 to 20 on the defensive glass and 13 to 10 on the offensive glass. Carolina 19 to 9 in second chance points. Brown though did outscore Carolina 26 to 19 off the bench, 44 to 36 in the painted area and including 11 to 4 in the fast break. Both teams had 6 blocks, 5 steals for Brown, 2 for Carolina, 13 assists for Brown, 16 for Carolina. Both teams' largest lead of the game was 8 as Carolina eventually went on to win. By seven. Needless to say, guys, not the most impressive Carolina could have looked in tonight's win. I do believe that a a, a big part of this was that they simply were not prepared to play due to it being a nine o'clock game at night, sleeping, sleeping environment inside the Smith Center of the fifteen thousand fans that were in there, many like the Tar Heel players themselves expecting an easy win. Brown came in playing their first Division I game in over 600 days with nothing to lose. Carolina allowed them to settle in. They gained confidence, and they, they and they made Carolina work and, and earn everything they got on the way to the victory. So let's go ahead and just talk about this game um, in depth. And look, you got to love what you saw from R.J. Davis, a career-high 26 points. 9 of 17 from the field, 6 of 6 from behind the three-point line, made both of his free throws, also led Carolina with six assists as opposed to one turnover. We all believed that he was the player that was going to benefit the most from the transition from Roy Williams to Hubert Davis, and he looked apart tonight. Um, in the closing minutes or so, Carolina needed him to, to not only take the big shots but, to make the big shots, and he was able to do that. Um, Just clearly a lot more confident, a lot more comfortable, a lot more decisive and assertive on the basketball court, which is a really big thing for Carolina. Armando Baycott bounced back from a, a, a mediocre performance in the opener, 22 points, 10 of 11 from the field, 10 rebounds, and just 27 minutes. We talked about in the preview that Brown did not have any players that could, could match with his size or his strength. That was proven true. He got whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. was a really good job by the Carolina guards to keep feeding him the ball. Even when, um, you know, things were going rough and you felt like you needed to make a play, they they, they played through Armando Baycott. He rewarded them with the big-time effort. And, you know, the other night, it was Caleb Love and Brady Manick who carried Carolina's offense. Tonight it was R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott. Carolina put four players in double-figure scoring, led by Davis. Baycott, love added 13 points, man it with 14 off the bench. So you've got balanced scoring in a lot of different ways. You've had two different one-two punches carry you to your first two victories, and that's something that Carolina needs. They need more diverse scoring. They need to be more balanced. They've gotten that so far to start the season, as this offense appears to be uh, a weld-oiled machine. They scored 83 in the opener, 94-9. They've shot over 50% in both games overall from the field. They've shot over 40% from three in both games, as well which are really healthy numbers for a team that's wanting to be better on the offensive end. The issues in tonight's game come on the defensive end of the floor. Brown is not known for being an offensive powerhouse but they got whatever they wanted tonight, especially in the painted area, on their way of shooting 51% from the field. I know it's early. There's a long way to go in this basketball season, but Carolina's inability to contain the dribble was the most disheartening thing from tonight's game. They attacked right at Caleb Love, right at R.J. Davis, Leaky Black, whoever was on the perimeter, and they were left with little to no resistance, getting all the way to the lane for easy shots right there at the rim. One of the big things we talked about with Hubert Davis was we felt that they were going to be better, more aggressive on the defensive end of the floor. You saw that for seven to eight minutes in the the Loyola game, and then it just kind of went away as Carolina won the game more on the offensive end of the floor. Tonight there was no sense of defensive assertion from Carolina 50 points in the first half for Brown um, that's just simply inexcusable and unacceptable should never give it 50 points and a half no matter the opponent let alone a school from the Ivy League that hasn't played a division one opponent in over 600 days got to give credit to Brown though they ran their offense they got Carolina and a lot of ball screen situations, Carolina's got to clean up and figure out what they want to do, how they want to handle the communication and the rotations. They switched a lot of screens tonight, which gave... Brown favorable matchups, and they just drove right at him and was able to get to the rim with uh, with, with no resistance. And to do that without their best player, Tomanang Cho, was not able to go tonight. So you had Dan Friday really carrying the load, 21 points on 8 of 14 shooting. Then you had Nana Owusu-Anane at 20 points off uh, as well. Then you had Wojcik with 14 points. They just got balanced scoring in a lot of different ways. It was very rare Carolina forced them in to a bad shot. And look, you guys know me. I don't believe in playing zone defense. I believe you should get up, find your man, stick to his man, and be be able to dictate the defensive game that way. Carolina played some zone the other night. They didn't play enough of it tonight. I do believe that if they cannot contain the dribble, any better than what they proved tonight, that's got to be – a primary basic defense for this team. And the problem is is that the first two games, they haven't been proven themselves to be um, able to dominate the glass at the level that we're used to seeing over the last 18 years under Roy Williams. And I think that's evident. Carolina is not going to be the rebounding force we're used to them being. And if you, if you play zone defense, you're more suspect to giving up offensive rebounds. They gave up 10 offensive rebounds tonight playing man-to-man defense. So... He's got some things he's got to figure out. It was really disheartening because they proved, they showed the other night that when they're committed to playing defense at a high level with their activity, with their hands being in the passing lanes, with the communication, with everything that goes into being a really good defensive team, they can really defend at a really high level. We didn't see any of that tonight, and that was really disheartening, but you got to give credit to Brown. They, they came in with nothing to lose. They played fearless. They made some tough shots, but they also made a lot of easy shots that Carolina did allow them to take. Let's talk about the rebounding because I thought that was an area where Carolina should have been more dominant, just 39-30 on the glass. So that's back-to-back games, less than 40 total rebounds in the entire game, and they've yet to out-rebound their opponent, by double digits, but they did get more aggressive on the offensive glass. 13 offensive rebounds. That led to 19 second-chance points. Look, Carolina needed that in in, in key parts of tonight's game where they they might have taken a good first shot, might have taken a bad second shot, but they needed to get points on that possession. They were able to secure the offensive rebound and stick it back in for two. As I mentioned, though, they gave up 10 offensive rebounds but only nine second-chance points. So the defense did a really good job resetting, regrouping after not being able to corral an offensive rebound. I think it's something that we're in an adjustment period, myself included. Carolina's not going to come in here and and out-rebound the opponent by 15 or 20. Do I think they have the roster and the makeup to do it? Absolutely. But I do think Hubert Davis is putting more of an emphasis on if if they miss the shot. Getting back and setting his defense tonight didn't really matter. If they if they were in the full court defense, able to set their defense or whatever, they did they weren't stopping the Brown attack. So he may have to juggle what he wants to do and how he wants to uh, you know handle valuing the offensive rebounding part of his game, especially if his team isn't going to stop anyone in the half court. I thought Carolina's offense looked really good after the about first half of the first half. Dawson Garcia got the start tonight. Really took Carolina out of rhythm with some bad shots early, but the second half of the first half on, they were really effective. Shot fifty-two percent from the field, forty-three percent from behind the three-point line. Getting to the foul line was really big key. They only took sixty-two shots because they shot twenty-eight free throws, and that was that. That's a big thing. They've been more aggressive, pounding the ball, and and, and the guards were more aggressive and assertive, getting to the foul line. Twenty-one of twenty-eight. That's 75% from the field. Brady Manick led the way, 8 of 9 from the foul line. And that's a really healthy number. They can shoot 75% or up from the free throw line as compared in years past. You're really going to live with that as opposed to just giving up 9 free throws attempts total for the Bears. They convert on 6 of them. That's a 16-point difference right there. That's one, way, that's one area why Carolina was able to avoid getting upset. I mentioned the, that Dawson Garcia started. A different uh, starting lineup tonight. Tonight, uh, Huber Davis opted for Caleb Love and R.J. Davis again in the backcourt. Leaky Black at the three, but he had Armando Baycott and Dawson Garcia in the frontcourt, putting Brady Manick off the bench. Love led the way with 37 minutes, um, scoring 13 points in the night. The second-highest minute total was R.J. Davis, who, of course, had 36. Uh, Leaky Black, 19 minutes, so a little bit more of a mismatch on the frontcourt. Baycott, 27 minutes, but Garcia, 20 minutes. Off the bench, Brady Manick played 13 minutes, 14 points, three only 3 of 9 from the field, but as I mentioned, 8 of 9 from the foul line, 8 rebounds. That's a really healthy number, especially coming off the bench. One thing to note, though, with Manick, 1 of 7 from behind the three-point line to start the season. You don't think that's going to last for the entirety of the season, but you do would like to see him get some more confidence, and see a couple of those three balls go in, go in through the bottom of the net. I do think, though, the, the lineup he started the other night right now needs to be the starting lineup. Um, I think you, you've got to start Love and Davis. And I think Leakey Black has earned the right to start over Kerwin Walton simply because Kerwin Walton's defensive effort right now is not good. And he was getting beaten tonight. Off the dribble, losing his man behind him for easy backdoor cuts. All the same issues that really hindered him last year from being able to play him 28 minutes or more. They've kind of resurfaced here in the starting of this season, hence why he only played 16 minutes. Carolina could not afford to have him on the court and 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 not get anything defensively from him. They were getting enough offensive contributions from Davis and Baycott, where Heber Davis was able to allow him to sit on the bench, and ultimately, that was the right move. But I do think he needs to go back to Manic. He's no. We know it's going to be fluid. You saw Dontre Styles in the early part of the first half. Never saw him again. DeMarco Dunn, of course, with this game being tight and close. Never saw the floor. Anthony Harris tonight just three minutes Justin McCoy saw some first half run as well just six minutes he's content with playing seven or, or 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 eight guys at the absolute max right now and I think that's I think you can live like that during the non-conference season but when you get into ACC play you you know you'd like to be able to go nine deep at least usually you're tightening your tight rotation from 10 or 10 or 11 to eight or nine. Right now, you're barely getting to eight or nine. He needs to. We, we need to get more contributions. You need to have more confidence that you can put some of these reserves out there, uh, mainly with foul troubles and stuff like that. Um, and it's going to be a long season. Guys are going to get tired. They're going to get heavy legs at certain points. You need to be able to have these guys come off the bench and be able to contribute. Um, and so I think that's something that we'll just have to monitor heading into the College of Charleston game. We know it's going to be fluid, and that's just something that uh, he's got to work through um, as, as he's learning on the flies, being a first-time head coach. Let's move on and talk about some other areas of the night where I thought Carolina uh, really struggled or, 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 or even um, it excelled. Some areas where they struggled. The bench getting outscored, of course, that goes more to the fact that he didn't play a lot of his reserves and and Brown's guys came off the bench. The points in the paint was a big thing. How many times is Carolina going to get outscored in the paint anyway, let alone by an Ivy League school? That happened tonight. 44-36. to 36, um, It was really disappointing. That really was allowed by the inability to contain their dribble on the perimeter. Brown's guards got into the lane. Layups floaters, hands off for two for a double team. All the things that you, you you want to try to not allow, Carolina allowed those to happen. Now they scored 36 points of their own in the paint, thanks to Armando Baycott and Brady Manick really controlling the painted area. And then Caleb Love and R.J. Davis attacking the rim from time to time. But you got to shore up that painted area defense. That's also being able to protect the ball, defend the ball better on the perimeter. Fast break points. Carolina, 94 points total on the night, but just four points in the fast break. Got to credit Brown. They were able to dictate the pace, dictate the tempo, and that's something that Carolina's got to get better at. The other night against Loyola, it was kind of the same thing where after Carolina jumped on them on that 15-3 to run, all of a sudden the game is getting played at the pace that Loyola wanted to play at. I think Carolina's been a lot more crisp in the half court. They've been more effective. The stats prove that back-to-back game, shooting over 50% from the field and over 40% from behind the three-point line. But you've got to be able to push the ball off of misses and makes. And right now they're simply not doing that. 11 fast break points for Brown, 11 for Carolina. But a big thing that really kept Carolina in the game, they limited the turnovers. Just seven turnovers tonight. They only forced five but they were able to protect the ball a lot better. They handed out 16 assists, so a little over a 2-to-1 assist to turnover ratio. Much improved from the 15-to-12 assist to turnover ratio from the win over Loyola. Uh, Brown, 13 assists and five turnovers. So Carolina's got to be able to force more turnovers. Not enough ball pressure tonight. Never saw the run and jump out of a timeout. Never saw a full-court pressure or even a three-quarter court pressure. So I think... Hubert Davis has got to get, learn to get more aggressive, especially when his defense is struggling. Sometimes you may leave him uh, leave a guy for a wide open shot, but that's the guy that you want to take the shot, and it changes the entire flow of the way the game's being played. So there's you know if other night proved what what, left, what you know Carolina could be and but left something to be desired. Tonight was really about could Carolina get better, which is saying because it's an Ivy League opponent. But you could really see some of the glaring issues with this team, mainly on the defensive end of the floor, which kind of carried over from last year. It was untimely double teams where you're just abandoning your guy and giving a guy a weapon a shot. R.J. Davis hit it, which allowed Brown to bang, bang in a three, going into halftime to get them the lead after Davis hit a three on his own to tie the game right before the half. Um, and, and, and those are the things that we were told were getting improved on. They were getting better but it's not, it didn't translate tonight on the basketball court. So now Hubert just has to figure out why that is. Are they calling for the double teams Are not executing them? Or are they just deciding to double and they're leaving guys open from behind the three-point line or just another open body on the floor and they're making shots? We don't know. We know it's got to get cleaned up because next weekend Carolina goes to Uncasville, Connecticut. They're going to see Purdue a top-ten team out of the Big Ten, and they're going to see either – villanova or tennessee and villanova right now is playing in poly pavilion out on the campus of ucla leading that halftime that's a battle of two top five teams so next week we're really going to get a good, you know, really good test for carolina and, and they have their first road test on tuesday night at uh, the college of charleston so just a lot of areas left for carolina to get better which is a good thing that you're you're seeing this now because now you can figure out what your issues are, your deficiencies. Now we're about to see how Huber Davis attacks it, how they're able to fix it and if if they are able to fix it or if the issues that we saw tonight will become season-long issues. The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars and total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win hundred free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with the promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager is required. Only one per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's look at my stat of the game tonight for Carolina. I'm going to go to the free throws. I thought going 21 of 28 from the free throw line as opposed to just 6 of 9 from Brown, as I mentioned that's a 15 point disparity from the charity strike. 75% from the free throw line for Carolina. Had this been what they did the other night where they were just 17 of 28, this might have did it, this might have been a different ball game. So a step right there in the in the, in the right direction at the foul line. Carolina last couple years not been the type of free throw shooting team you want to be. I believe if you shoot 75% or better, that's going to be really key because you're going to have to win games in the ACC and in the NCAA tournament with your made foul shot. So let's take one last look at the box score before we do get out of here for tonight's pod as it's just me recapping tonight's win over Brown. Carolina, 52% from the field, 43% 43 from behind the three-point line. As I just mentioned, 75% from the charity stripe, seven turnovers, 39 rebounds 26 on the defensive end 13 on the offensive end 19 second chance points 19 bench points led by brady mannix 14 36 points in the paint four fast break points six blocks two steals and 16 assists carolina had four players in double figures led by rj davis's career high 26 points Nine of seventeen shooting, six of nine shooting from behind the three-point line, and six assists. Mondo Baycott, twenty-two points, ten of eleven from the field, ten boards. Manic, fourteen points, and Caleb Love, thirteen points on just three and nine shooting, but five of six from the free throw line, five assists, and just one turnover. And Carolina's ninety-four to eighty-seven win over Brown to improve to two and zero under Hubert Davis, two and zero on the season. Um and, and, and as the basketball season is just getting underway, up next Carolina will travel to the College of Charleston. That'll be Tuesday night at eight thirty on CBS Sports Network. Before they, of course, they do make the trip up to Connecticut, for the Hall of Fame tip-off classic. Well, that's gonna wrap up this edition of the Four Corners podcast. Um, before I let you go, once you get to the website peeltuffblog dot com, where we had you covered. With tonight's game over Brown, I previewed the game. The recap is already up and available for you guys on the website. I, I, I recap the game, give my takeaways from the game as I kind of just did right here in the podcast. We'll have the same thing ready for you guys to go for the College of Charleston as we'll be taking you walk from, well, through the basketball season with game previews, recaps, and other fun articles. Football side of things, Carolina lost. Last night in overtime to Pittsburgh twenty nine two twenty three to fall to five and five on the season. We've got we've got the recap already up on the site with you guys. Anthony had the recap for that. He'll have a stock report um as well and then we will have a recap podcast up either sometime over the weekend or early next week as we will carry you through the end of the football season carolina five and five they got Waffer next weekend at home and the home finale where they'll look to get bowl eligible of course they'll finish the season at nc state the friday after thanksgiving and if carolina does go bowling we will have you covered through bowl season as we head into the off season For Carolina football. As for the podcast side of things, you know where to find us. We're on the uh, we're on the Basketball Podcast Network. We host through Megaphone, um, but you can find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, you name it. The Four Corners and the Heel Tough Blog podcast are there. Like both, review both. But we want you guys to subscribe. That way, your podcast right there in your podcast library. There's going to be some solo pods with just me this season um, after Carolina plays, depending on how late they play, given our work schedules. And simply, I want to have this content up for you guys in a timely manner. That way you can wake up the next morning on your way to work, listen to a recap of another Carolina win or maybe a sad Carolina defeat. I want to have that got, uh, up and ready for you guys. you are doing a really good job downloading um, this month. Our numbers are as high as they've ever been, so we appreciate – all the support. So make sure you do subscribe. That way you, re- you, that way you get every podcast right there in your podcast library. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels.